I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could, and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming, I mean, it really is a dream come true. On our mark, the Weatherby Podcast. All right, on our mark, the Weatherby Podcast coming at you live from Sheep Week 2023. As you can hear in the background. As you can hear in the background, <laughs> there's a lot of people walking by, and there's a lot of Zach. You've got a lot of uh, sheep right behind you there. Yeah, closest I've ever been to. 15 rams right for sure right so uh our guests on the show today we've got tyler our marketing manager from weatherby zach yep and dylan from on x yeah thanks for having us yeah thanks for being here so we want to talk about a few things with you guys but um i've been on x power user for years i know tyler has obviously you guys are but um i just want to talk a little bit on our podcast about what you guys are doing what's going on what's new you guys were talking about some new features that are pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. table is yours. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, we'll jump in. I mean, we, you know, we've really been trying to invest in adding features and tools for anyone, no matter what you're hunting. But some of the cool things that we've had recently are the addition to Canada for our friends up north, relevant. We're at Sheep Show right now. Yeah, yeah that's good. So elite members get access to Canada. It's not quite the same tool set it is, is as it is in the States, but ground lands, roads, trails, crop, tree. It's a it's a solid GPS with the data that you need to hunt, awesome. especially when you're hunting, you know, big areas of crown land and stuff like that. So that's a big one that came out for elite customers. Another big one was CarPlay. And this actually came, you know, having an off-road product. Those guys needed it. That's obviously key for their market. We were able to bring it over to our product and hunters need it too. So you can plug in on Apple CarPlay. Android's not out. Right now it's January. Android will be out here in a couple of weeks, but pl- plug in. You can see your waypoints, layers, anything. And as you're driving down on that bigger screen, you can see everything. So you don't have to stop and look at your app all the time. So yeah. I've been using Onyx off-road on okay. the Android Auto nice. for a while, and I love it. Like just driving around in Wyoming, like especially antelope hunting, where you yeah. do a little more truck hunting than you normally would. For sure. Just being like, okay. Over there, I see it on my dash I'm in the truck. Yeah. Being able to see, okay, we're, that's public land over there. I can see my pens. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for something like antelope because you're just cruising ground and you're spending so much time in the truck. You see goat out there and you look down and you're just like, oh, yep, we're good. That's BLM. Yeah. Like, let's or, go. You know, parts of Wyoming, especially eastern Montana, where it's really checkerboarded. The first thing we do when we see a buck, whether it's an antelope or mule deer, it's like, is it private? Is it public? Can we access it? Now you don't have to dig it into your pocket to grab your phone. It's just right on the dash. So it's one of those, like, we didn't quite expect to get, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the exposure, but it blew up. Like a lot of people are talking about it. And I've heard a ton of people mention that even at this show, like how cool is that? You can see it in your dash now. Yeah. I, I love having it on. Sorry, Tyler. Oh, I was just going to say that first week when you guys launched it, it did blow up because I had to go and drive around my neighborhood just to see it. Cause it was so <laughs> Does it work? Like, yeah. That's, so, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I like just having it on when I'm driving through new country yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or 
places I've been for a long time, just have it on and be like, oh, that's who owns that land. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is, which is a really, I think it's a cool tool. So I agree. Um, Zach, we got to spend a little bit of time in the yep. envelope camp together. Tyler's there too. Um, you, we got, we got a rifle for you. Yeah. Is that a six, five RPM? Yep. Six, five RPM. You put that, that thing to a little bit of, a little bit of work, right? <laughs> yeah. That thing. So we go down, shot an antelope in Wyoming. Fantastic. I think it was what Luke, you were there is hundred and just south of 200 yards. Yeah. Dead right away. Yeah. I did miss one. That was my fault. Shot yeah. over him. But second shot dead. I then went up to Montana and did a family hunt. I ended up shooting a buck at 400 yards, dead immediately. Just off. Off. Then my little cousin shot one at 300. He's 14. Nice. Dead immediately. And then my dad was like, hey, let me see what this gun's all about. (laughs) And he ended up shooting his. So that gun got four antelope in a two-week period. That's awesome. And every single one, none of them took a step, actually. They were all dead on the spot. What, do you, do you, what bullet were you shooting? I can't remember. That was the 130 Swift, I believe. Yeah, the Soraka. Yeah. Yeah, those things are, they hit so hard. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's such a great gun. It's so balanced, but then when you shoot, like, you can track, and it's just, recoils nothing. Like, it's a joy to carry around. Like, that gun is incredible. Yeah. Especially for antelope and doing, like, where we were and seeing a long ways and needing to shoot a little bit further. It was perfect. Love it. Um, we've got, uh, a, a couple things in the works. We can't spill all the beans yet between Weatherby and Onyx, but, uh, Zach, I'll let you take, take the ball a little bit there again. Yeah. Talk yeah. About some of the things we've been talking about that I think people can expect to see later this year. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, for us between Onyx and Weatherby, there's so much synergy and we work with so many partners. We've been looking at different ways we can work together. And so some of the things you can look forward to is when you buy a Weatherby, getting access to like our elite membership for example and getting to try that out see some of these tools like canada and all 50 states so that's something to be looking for we also have some cool content and education opportunities for both sides whether it be and onyx customers where we'll be diving into some of the background stuff and just helping you learn more about the rifles about shooting stuff like that and then also some other benefits for whether and elite customers potentially down the road that we're working on that'll be super exciting so Definitely some cool stuff to be looking forward to in 23. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I said, long time Onyx user. And uh, in really in the past year, I think you guys have really, what do you call them, the master classes? Yeah. have like really stepped those up. And I think if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably an Onyx fan or Onyx user. But um, maybe just give people a background on some of those master classes or how they could um, do, do more with, with you guys. Yeah, so the master classes, it was new, relatively new last year. We tested it out a couple different times and we've done everything from like, we call them app 101s. So one of the thing with our product is people use Onyx, they love it. We get a lot of feedback, but they underutilize a lot of features within the product. Um, And a lot of that's just education, right? So um, we do these monthly at least, we we call them app 101s where it's like, we'll walk people from start to finish through the product. Like if you downloaded it yesterday, or if you're a long time user that you just haven't, you know, adopted some of the new features, you're not diving into the layers, you're not utilizing things like historic wildfire. You know, you're, you're looking at the map, you're dropping waypoint here or there. Um, you know, we're kind of walking through that journey with the customer where they're at in those. Um, but we do a lot of other master classes with, 
you know, various partners, you know, we certainly should look at doing one with you guys and talk yeah, about just, roll. just rifles, whatever it is. Rifles shooting. and ballistics. Yeah, yeah exactly. that would be awesome. So we do, we've done a lot of them. Um, you can find them on our website. We've got a landing page where you can sign up for future ones. Basically how that looks is you would sign up for anything you're interested in. We let you know like a week ahead of time. Hey, here's the time, the date, here's a link to it. And it's essentially like a, a Zoom class, like a, a Zoom meeting. It's interactive. Yeah, it's yeah. interactive. So you, you can, can ask, ask questions. questions. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and we've done a lot of different different yeah. uh, master classes. Yeah, and really like we like to talk about the on X stuff because obviously we're the experts on that, know it. But then when it comes to hunting tactics, rifles, ballistics, any of that, we want to go find the experts. So that's where sure. these are really great is we can bring our partners on certain topic elk hunting deer hunting ballistics whatever you guys are the experts and it gives our customers a chance to ask you guys questions so we usually start we'll have some stuff we'll talk about but then generally there's hundreds of questions after that we just oh, kind of awesome. rapid fire yeah. how long do they usually last about an hour to an hour and a half we try our initial goal is an hour or less and that proved yep. to be really difficult so like <laughs> everyone i've done has been about an hour and a half we're doing a lot nice. um, of application season ones right now so as part of the elite benefits, you know, being an elite member, you get um, top rut, obviously, with our acquisition with top rut draw odds. But yep. you also get um, a digital membership to Hunt and Fool, Hunt Reminder, um, lots of tools that will help all throughout application season. So we're doing a lot. Um, honestly, it's like every other week right now we're doing one for application season. What's coming up, you know, as we know here and as pretty much everybody knows, tags are getting harder and harder to come by, right? Like. We're not getting more opportunity for the for the most part. And so it's like, how do I go on more hunts this year? How do I make the most out of this season with the yeah. points that I've built up? And what does that mean to apply to a new state? So, um, yeah, throughout the next couple months, you'll see a lot more application focused webinars. I'm going to I'm going to put you guys on the spot on this one. So let's just say you're going to go hunt a new state. You guys are in Montana. So you're going to go hunt New Mexico for the first public mm-hmm. land in Mexico. Make it up. Um, what's like the first thing you're going to do in Onyx to like start getting ready for a hunt? You got a unit selected already, but how are you going to like use Onyx to find your spot? Yeah, no, that's a great question. If you were looking for tags to put in, I would start with the resources through Hunt and Fool, check the draw odds, do all that research. Right. But then let's say you have your tag. So yeah. now I'm just looking at this macro area. I would start to break down, here's my unit. So I know that boundary that I'm hunting. Then, depending on your hunting style and what you want to do, I want to backpack in or I want to hunt boundaries where I think they're going to be, I would start identifying points of interest based on things like access, um, roads, trails, public land, private land. But then I'd start looking for the type of terrain features. And what's cool is you can turn a lot of that on and it'll give it to you from crop, tree species, fires, all that. And so... Start building out kind of your macro plan of where you're looking. Right. And then from there, you can start identifying, like, here's the key area I'm going to start and start building, like, an ABC. And so yep. the thing that's cool is, like, people like to hunt in a lot of different ways. We try to find something that will at least benefit it, but you can custom tailor how you hunt and what you want within the map, and yeah. you can get that data back. And we actually have a new scouting tool that even helps that even more where you can turn it on, you see this area... And then you can say, I want to see south facing slopes from this elevation band at this slope. You can put whatever you want in and it's going to highlight it and show you all those areas. And then you can even drop a point on there and it'll show what you can glass from that point. 
like in the kind of 3D type view, in like what, 3D. It would, what it would look like if you were standing there. Exactly. So imagine like you're looking for, you know, I want to be 6,000 between six and 8,000. So you put those two parameters on, it's going to highlight that whole area. I want to look for north slopes. I'm looking for bedding, whatever. And then from there, you're like, okay, I think they're going to be bedding here. Here's feed. So I want a glass from around here. You can drop that point on and it'll highlight everything you could see there. We don't have like tree cover and what would be blocked. But as far as starting point, finding a glassing point, it's a really great tool. Yeah. And a shooting shooting location too. Right. So you, you know, can I, have if a I, good idea. Yeah. If I get to this knob, can I potentially shoot, you know? Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, like obviously... You're going to have to go check it out, boots on the ground. And that's why, like, I would recommend having an A, B, and C. So then you can just kind of cruise around and check it out, cross it off. If it's not good, if it's great, awesome, start hunting. But then you can kind of jump back and forth to your other spots. When you're uh, planning your backup plans, is there a way to organize the yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I wanted to get into that because my organization sometimes I need to go back <laughs> and see. It's like, what is this point do for? You, do you color code your I waypoints? do by species, but... And if it's just a red, it doesn't mean anything now because <laughs> if it's just many. red, I just drop that That's point the, for That something. was the default. Yeah. 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 So if it's got a color on it, it's usually by species and it means I'm actually going to try to go to that spot one day. What about you, Luke? How do you organize them? I've got a couple, like I have some color codes, like uh, if it's blue, it's like potentially a glassing spot. Yeah. And then I, I use black pens for yeah. everywhere that I killed something, gotcha. which is kind of fun. So I've got like a bunch <laughs> of black pens all over the country now. It's been really cool to, like, I can just look at those. And yeah. then what are the other ones I do? Um, so when I'm looking at your onyx, just look, <laughs> look, look for the black ones. Black, yeah. 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 black pens. Spy on me. You could do that for sure. Uh, that's, that's probably my main two is like glassing spots and the, where I've killed before. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Cause like, you two organize differently. Dylan and I organize differently. What do you do? I go by species. So I have colors for species. And then from there, I have like secondary color. So yellow is always like a point of interest, but I haven't validated yet. So it's like okay. anything yellow and it's, I'll look at the icon. So if it's like turkey, then it's turkey spot. But otherwise I go color by species for like the confirmed ones. And then I use the icon type to help me. But then the other thing you can do now is we have a folder system. So I can go in, name this folder, you know, hunting unit, whatever, elk, add whatever waypoints I want to it. And then when I'm, let's say, because there's some areas I actually turkey and elk hunt at the same time, but in the spring, I'm just turkey hunting. So I can go and click on that folder and hide it. So then I just remove all my elk points. It just shows my turkey and then I can do the inverse the next time. So it it declutters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely need to do that. I was talking with Jared Larson about that folder system so yeah. i was like i need to ask you guys Shout about out. it too yeah the folders are cool the one thing is is unfortunately and this is on onyx we didn't get it out soon enough so people have fortunately have hundreds and hundreds of waypoints yeah so it takes a little bit of organizing to get it going but you but can take you an do, existing one and throw it into yep. a folder just tap yeah. on it as I soon as you to, hold it it says select and then you click add a folder and you can just start tapping on it. i need to get stranded somewhere with service and just open the computer and just yep. focus on it for yeah, yeah, definitely. A, a half a day, the, uh, just organize it all. The other cool thing with those folders is, as you guys probably know and a lot of listeners, you you can share waypoints and tracks and routes and everything. Not too long ago, it was like a one-to-one interaction, so I could share you a waypoint. If I had eight waypoints to share with you, it would just come in as like eight text messages, eight different notifications. Which was a pain. Um, it yeah. was a pain, like especially if I hunted a unit and had a lot of data on it. You, you threw that tag that? next year and I yeah. want to help you out or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
you know, for, hey, let's meet at this trailhead at 6 a.m. Like, that's not that big of a deal. But now you can put all of that data within a folder and I can share you that folder. So I could have an entire hunt oh, uh, in a awesome. unit yeah, and say, so hey, like, here's yeah. unit X. Yeah, like if when we were cool. antelope hunting, you could have put them all in a folder, shared it out to me, yeah. Wyoming antelope. Because I just dropped spot. a pin for camp for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That didn't and, work out then, very well for my <laughs> truck. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. wasn't it, was it your truck that got stuck? I thought it was JD. It was, dri- it was JD. JD was dri- driving. Shout out. Gotcha. Shout out JD. <laughs> Shout out JD. He was no, he, he did it. He went to the right spot, except I just figured he would stay on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I totally jinxed it too. <laughs> he Not, took the wrong turn at Albuquerque. About 15 yeah, no. seconds before that, I was like, yeah, kind of one of my fears of hunting that kind of make me nervous is getting stuck. And then we got stuck like 15 seconds later. He, really he needed funny. that in dash. Yeah. Fortunately, the, we could see the farmhouse from not too far away. So, yeah. And camp was what? 150 oh, 100 yards away. Yards away. <laughs> the hilarious. dry creek bed. Was it rainy? Tried, no. Was it, no. It was just sucked? sand. It was oh, just okay, deep, okay. dry sand. Yeah. Gotcha. We were with some pretty cool guys, though. So everyone had like, we got out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zach we probably had, had his recovery boards. and I was back further behind. But yeah, there was rigs. I mean, Luke's rig set up. Like, you know, overlanding wherever you want to go. Luke's got it covered. We had... We had so many folks who had big rigs, recovery yeah, gear, we toe we straps. Had, we had everything on point on that trip. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tyler, I got a question for you. What's like your best Onyx hunt story, success, whatever? Oh, what comes wow. to mind? So when I lived in Missouri, my first like pick a spot on the map antelope hunt, um, we had, we did the whole scouting beforehand. So we got into this one spot where there was just a, a big piece of public. And then a little sliver of public where that buck was on that. So I got to my shooting spot. I got to do the little confirmation that he was on on, on public. So nice. that was like the one where I was like, yes, this is awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. How about you, Zach? What's like your 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 first thing that comes to mind, like on X success yeah. story? The first one was when I became a believer, it was I was a senior in high school. We had the chip at that point. And so yeah. it was just chip. There was a spot we had grown up hunting forever. And we kept trying to catch these out coming off this private and you know, of course that's a tough game, whatever. Right. Well, the first year I got the chip, I realized there was a single section on the other side of the fence that we thought was private this whole time. And that was actually where I shot my first bull was on that single section there that we hadn't hunted forever because it was just fence line. We knew it was a big piece and we never knew where the state was and it wasn't marked properly marked. Right. And yeah, so well, they don't the always first run year, the fences on the property line. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not the best place to put a fence exactly and so you know we were just too nervous to actually go try and figure out where that was and then when i was able to see it and then there happened to be a bull there yeah i ended up shooting my first bull because of it so i have a kind of a negative inverse story of that so when i first got (laughs) on x and again high school with a chip um i think i got it as like a birthday slash christmas gift or something of that nature I remember the year prior, my dad and I were driving out to our hunting spot and it's just one of those, you know, we grew up there. We knew where we hunted. He had, we had some permission on some private, hunted some public. Um, But I remember vividly, I still remember exactly what this deer looked like. The year prior, we were driving to our hunting spot and looked over and just a beautiful, like 180, just gorgeous mule deer. And uh, we're like, oh, that's private for sure. Well, I got the chip the next year and we were driving down that road and I looked and it was state land. So we could have hunted that buck, but we time. didn't know. Oh, so that was kind of the That's inverse. Um, but what Tyler's saying. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, technical difficulties. Yeah. You kind of the headphones off the set on accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of like what Tyler was saying. My best whitetail um, was on a quarter section by like a half section BLM. No fences, nothing. 
there's no way I would hunt that without knowing exactly where I'm at on that yeah, map because sure. it's really difficult with no fences and like some landowners around, they might outfit, they might lease, you know, um, and obviously even without that, you just never want to be where you're yeah. not supposed to be. So I, uh, I watched a really nice whitetail buck. He was pushing some does and he crossed through that sliver of public and using the imagery, we were able to say, okay, like here's that bush. There's a rock outcropping to the right, et cetera. Okay, he's you know X number of yards within the boundary. We're good to go, um, and without it, there's just no way. There's no markings. There's no fences, and it just you know obviously gives you the confidence to hunt those areas that otherwise like right. I wouldn't touch. Right. Yeah, the sliver that I was on, it was like a donut in the middle where there's private in the middle. Oh it's yeah, like yeah. A connecting state piece or something like that. Where yep. it's like it's got to be in this right spot. So yeah. It was like the confidence to know because I'm like checking, checking some. I had a cool deal just a few weeks ago, like right, right before Christmas. Uh, we had some friends in, in Sheridan, and we were all like couples, all out to dinner. Yeah. And my buddy was talking about, I think about taking my son out coyote hunting, whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, I got a spot that's been pretty productive. Yeah. And uh, like, give me your phone. So he handed me his phone, and I just kind of like arbitrarily just like dropped a pen, <laughs> and then the next day he sends me a picture of dead coyotes and is like dude they were literally like sitting where you <laughs> really dropped a pen and i'm like that's how good i am man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> i knew it yeah absolutely. the funny thing is i'd been out there like probably 20 times and never shot one <laughs> <laughs> that's always how it works but so, that's good for him yeah, yeah i was like man you got me <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny uh anything else you guys want to wrap up with oh what do you think? You got anything, Dylan? Land no, this I, plane? I, yeah, I think we're ready to land it. Yeah, we no. got another what four or five hours of sheep yeah. show, and then you know, yeah, I think I think I was just gonna say a couple of things about sheep show. Is um, last night the Less Than One Club was a blast. I yeah, think that is the most fun event in all of like all the conservation, yeah. all the NGOs. Yeah, like what what Wild Sheep Foundation has done with the Less Than One Club. It's so cool. It is so, so cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, it. the energy in that room was insane. And it's just cool, like, to see, Yeah, you know, even just to show how many people are just so passionate and most probably haven't even hunted a sheep. I know. Well, and that's the, that's the great thing about that Less Than One Club is there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Sheep hunting is not a cheap game. Yeah. It's kind of elitist in some ways. Uh, but everybody's so friendly about it. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. like... You want to? I'm not going to tell somebody my white tail or my mule deer spot. Like yeah. I'm going to protect the snot out of that. But sheep, you know, you do it so infrequently. Yeah, like it's a once in a lifetime. A lot of the time, so everybody's so darn supportive. It and is sharing yeah. and like. At, we saw some of the winners this morning walking around the show from less than one. Every, like, they can't go four feet without somebody being like, oh, my gosh, man, congratulations. I'm so stoked for you. Yeah. No, they're celebrities now. And, I mean, even when they won, you know, everyone wants to win. Everyone's yeah. sitting there waiting for their name to be called. But as soon as it's not and someone wins, everyone's cheery. Yeah. So everyone's going nuts. Pretty awesome. So if you're thinking about coming to Sheep Show and you haven't, well, you're, you're doing it wrong. But come next year. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and stay tuned for uh, a little bit more expanded partnership, let's say, between yeah. Onyx and Weatherby. And yeah, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you guys yeah, so you much guys. for Thank everything. You guys.